I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location, and oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions, anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of The Independent Agent. My less attractive brother is staring me in the eyes, and his name is Justin. You are ridiculously good looking. I am ridiculously good looking. I'm also going to make you a ridiculous, delicious drink right now. So why don't you entertain the people while I make cocktails? Well, I have a thought. So... I have now realized as we're on episode 13 that the number of shirts that I have that are dress shirts has now been exhausted. I have now recycled to my very first uh, shirt that I wore. So if you have suggestions of clothes that I don't have to go in person to shop and buy, I am... Really? Really? I'm just saying we need new new clothes for the, the podcast and, and maybe part of the shtick is I go and and try on these uh, different outfits, and, and we get a, a yay or a nay on this. I know we're appealing to a, a different crowd, but... Um, <laughs> I don't even know where you're going with this. I don't know. It just hit me as I was sitting here. I'm going, yeah, I remember wearing this one. And then, you know, and then everyone's going to just think we recorded the entire thing in, like, one long stretch, and I just switched a shirt a few times. So you're, you're making a mess over there. I, I am. You know, that's why they have towels and stuff at bars. We're making Manhattans today. You've had a Manhattan. I'm sure I have, but it's probably been, I don't know, 18 years. So two parts, typically a rye. I mean, you could do a bourbon or something like that. But um, it's Wait, can you imagine if all the time you spent learning about alcohol, you spent learning about insurance where we would be today? I wouldn't have gotten that sushi account. We mostly talked about booze. All right, fair enough. Okay. Um... Two parts rye, two parts sweet vermouth, and then a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters. And then we're going to do some maraschino cherries in there. And when I use maraschino cherries, I use the finest, Luxardo. Nope, they're not paying us for this, but it's the best maraschino cherries. So I am going to put the bitters in. I wonder if I get like some of those without the alcohol in them, the cherries. Like, Do they taste like the ones... Oh, I put it over there. Because you had left it on the floor outside of here. Nice. So why'd you put it there, though? I didn't know what it went to. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> We're talking about the martini shaker right now. And the top of the martini sh- shaker, you know, the, like the, the round cap. Justin found that on the floor. And he didn't know what it was going to. And he saw the Don't rest of the shaker me. and all the booze over here. 
<laughs> absent atop and didn't put two and two together. This is who you're taking your wisdom and advice from in this podcast. Nobody's perfect. Okay, so seriously, on the cherries, do they taste like the ones that I'm used to, like in the restaurant? Well, it depends if it's a high-end restaurant or not. Th- these are way better. There's, oh, a, yeah. there's a certain taste I want to have. You want to try one? Yeah, I should probably try one of those first. It's really syrupy. You don't have any, like, a dark just, just stick fork knife? I've oh. got nothing for you. you got nothing for me? I'll wait until it's in there. Well, it's going to be my finger then. Cause <laughs> <laughs> wow. Preparation. Do you make drinks for people this way when it's it's your friends at the house who use your fingers? Well, when I'm at my house. Did you uh, even wash your hands? Because you just went to the bathroom. <laughs> I did just go to the bathroom, and I may have washed my hands. <laughs> Great. I'm living out. dangerously right now. How are you going to even, you're just going to, you're going to probably lick your fingers. By the way, mm-hmm. when people lick their fingers, it mm-hmm. drives me bonkers. Tasty. <sighs> Wonderful. Still everywhere right now. Great. Did it stay in our floor? Mm-hmm. Our floor is great. Mm. mm 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 Time for a cocktail. All right. So it's done. The cherries are in. Pouring. And any reason two cherries versus more cherries? You want more? You want me to see my fingers back in there? No, I did them? <laughs> I thought about that after the words came out of my mouth. Perfect. Here's your ultra. I like that you opened my beers for me. Only the finest for my brother. All right, here we go. Okay. Manhattan. All right, I got a little nervous in the beginning, but okay. better than last week's. Um, the Negroni? Yeah. Um, but still, I don't know if it's for me. It tastes almost like there's cinnamon in there, like I'm having cinnamon bread. Like a- I, I see what you're going. Actually, I've never uh, thought about that. Um, I I wouldn't say that you're inaccurate. That there's a, there's yes, like a, my palate like is a, growing. Like maybe like a hint of nutmeg or something like that. I have a very advanced palate. It's a really good Manhattan. All right, I could bartend if if this fails. Yes, I'm sure health services would love you to bartend. (laughs) All right. Your fingers in the chairs. Here's our first question. Dealing with my least favorite topic. Johnson doesn't like money. I don't like, I didn't do well in accounting. Let Let me explain how I got through accounting in college. I gave golf lessons to my accounting 250B professor. Merle? No, that was, that was 250A. Oh, okay. Yes. Lots of stories there, but I I was so inept that we had a group project, and you know how when you're in Excel and you have num- a, a number of sheets, I didn't realize there was a number of sheets, and I had to I was tasked the one job I was I had because I was that terrible was to print out the five sheets on the Excel file and bring them to the presentation. Well, I didn't realize that there was sheet two, three, four, and five, and I just brought the one. So the one job I had, I failed. That's how good I am at accounting. Hence why. I, let Ladies and gentlemen, this. the people that you are taking wisdom and advice from do not know about multiple tabs and spreadsheets. I do now. <laughs> this is helpful. <laughs> All right, here we go. Our agency doesn't share financials with us, and I think it's so he doesn't have to justify not giving raises or bonuses. What is your position on this, and what does your agency do? <laughs> Justin talks Enneagram all the time. My inner eight is wanting to say so many I'm trying to tone it down right now. Respectfully to the person who wrote this, the owner doesn't have to justify anything to you. 
the owner can do whatever the owner wants. It's their company. End of story, right? They, if they want to show you zero, they don't have to show you anything. There's nothing that puts any, any, any mandate on them sharing financial information with you. That said, we do share financial information with our staff. We share top-line financial information. Well, for two reasons. One, it's, it's really none of their business, in my opinion, how much the company profits. Because you can put two and two together, and then it shows what our compensation is. And they don't need to know how much Justin and I are taking home. Uh, the second reason is on that is they don't understand the financials. I don't mean that to be derogatory, but like... I don't know the financials. <laughs> but they don't understand all the ins and outs of them. And I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to sound, you know, condescending, but I took finance courses. I did all these things. I didn't understand them until I ran a company for a decade. Right. <laughs> you know, like it, it's not a, they, they have so many, which is honestly an argument to not even share like top line financials, because let's say your agency's does 5 million a year. They might assume, well, you know, I make 50 or 60 grand and there's 10 of us in here plus a little rent. The owners are making $4 million a year, which is not the case, right? They don't understand margins and um, balance sheets and, you know, the way you depreciate and amortize different components of the balance sheet. And they'll never understand that. So to our, our, our person who wrote in, I know I, Justin will be much softer with you. I'm, I'm sure he's much kinder. They don't share that with you because they don't need to, and they shouldn't. Your bonus shouldn't be based on the bottom line because they're in control of the bottom line, right? Your bonus should be based upon growth or any other metrics that have been set by your agency. For instance, I'm all over the place. Okay, we we just moved into a new office, right? Our rent. We were paying two twenty five a square foot in Irvine. It got up for renewal on the five year from two twenty five to three forty five a square foot. Right? If we would have stayed there, we chose to move to to Foothill, which kind of split the difference. If we would have stayed there, should the account manager have been penalized, even if they had good performance or the producer whomever, because rent went up? No, it's not relevant to their job function. Right or the fact that Justin and I love golfing and it's our favorite thing. Hence the Ryder Cup conversation we had last week. In our new office, we put a golf simulator and a putting green in there. Right? Should they be penalized because Justin and I decided to put this in the office and it affects the balance sheet? No, they shouldn't. I appreciate that asset. Do you? I do. Good. So uh, the thing I would say is you shouldn't be afraid to share the numbers as an agency owner, but you do have to educate your, your team beforehand if, if you are. So this, this owner, if you're having the conversation with an owner that you think they're like not paying you or, or hiding information so they don't have to pay you, I think that speaks to larger issues within your agency culture that that you're facing. So if you feel like you are making less than you should, 
then I would say, have the conversation. Mr. or Mrs. Boss, I think I should be making X. This is the value I bring to the organization. Let's move forward that way. Do they agree or disagree, right? Now, if they come back and say, there's no money in the budget, and you look at this in a, as a reasonably intelligent person, and you say, well, our, I know we're writing a bunch of business, and I know we're not losing it out the back end, because I guarantee if you're a good agency, you are tracking what's coming in and what's leaving, right? So you at least know that, right? Are you net positive each year, right? Or maybe you're in a growth stage. You you ask those questions. I wouldn't. I, owners shouldn't be afraid to have that discussion. But but here here's the thing. Let's say there's. I'll keep it easy. Let's say there's one owner, right? Mm-hmm. And the owner takes a salary of a hundred thousand dollars a year. And the at the end of of the year, the P and L reflects I don't know a half million dollars in profit, right? The employee can look at that and go, well, the owner doesn't do all the things that I do, why should he make $600,000 a year? You know, hey, I should deserve a bonus out of that. You know, that you shouldn't get a $500,000 disbursement. You should get a $400,000 disbursement and take that extra hundred or two fifty. You don't do any, like they'll never get it. What, what I meant when I said, I, even though I understood balance sheets and financials what, coming into the business from school, I didn't understand them truly until we had done this for 10 years because there's all of these intangibles that people don't realize that go into the business that rep- that are represented there you know that that makes such an impact on how how do I how do I project for the future how do I provide a b and c for my employees how do I take less this year to take more this year for tax planning for for being able to put money aside to hire producers to grow the agency or to, or to give raises or for a 401k plan, all these different things that they'll just never get. And that sounds so condescending, but that's not my point. My point is being in the business 12, 13, whatever years, I didn't even really get it until a couple of years ago. And I'm still learning it. Well, and at the end of the day, the agency is a for-profit agency. Right. And we forget that sometimes as as employees that the goal is to make as much profit as possible. And yes, you have other intangibles, but that's the goal. And as the person who took the risk to get everybody there, because, again, you don't have the the personal guarantee sitting out there on a line of credit. Absolutely. So so when you don't have that out there as your responsibility, you don't get to call the shots. If you want to call the shots, step up. Do it on your own. Right. And while I, I, again, very understanding of that other point of view, I think one, if you're having to ask the question, there's a cultural issue within the agency and you have to decide if you're the right fit to stay at that agency. Or two, ask the question of what do you think I'm worth because I think I'm being, I'm worth more than I'm being compensated for. And you'll get an answer one way or the other. Right. And then you make that decision and move forward. The other thing that we've experienced with having two companies, right, with our training company, anytime we work on something on Goodman, we're taking away time from our training company and Mm -hmm. vice versa. And it's difficult for those on the training company side to understand that we have an obligation to both, right? There's a finite number of hours in the day. So one organization or the other loses 
based upon the time availability. Now, we've done our best to scale and hire and train so that we're working on instead of in our businesses, but there there is an impact. And so those type of things are, are difficult. And I know there's a lot of agency owners that have their, uh, their entrepreneurs, so they have their feet in, you know, their, their toe in more than one, one, one swimming pool, if you will. So they're, they're testing things out. So if you want to really know everything, have all the details, either one, start your own. Two, ask the question, but be prepared that it's none of your business unless they share it. Three, if you're really like, this is where I want to be, you could always come back to them and say, I'm so committed, I want to invest in this company and become a shareholder of this company, and then you have a right to information. Now, in a lot of agencies, that's not a practical solution. It's not. I'm just an saying in a lot of places. You, you you have you have options, but it doesn't come down to the employee telling the employer what they need to release financially. But if you want independent information, it's out there what the average profitability is. There's what's the above average profitability, right? The high performers, the low performers, you do the math in there. Right. You 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 can look, you know, an average agency is at at probably a 20% profit margin. Mm, a little less than that. Okay, 15%, whatever. You want to do the math? Mm-hmm. So if you guys do a million dollars in revenue, it's 150000 in profit. You know, I mean, you got the numbers there. Here's, here's the fundamental thing that I think that people don't understand is why, why do you hire people? An owner hires people, right, for three different reasons. One, they're not capable of doing a job or they would not be like very you effective. Like Exactly. Okay. Two, their time is more valuable elsewhere, right? Like if I'm trying to grow the business, working on the agency, not in the agency, someone's got to be casting that vision. Someone's got to be doing that focus. And if I'm sitting there working on the day-to-day, I can't do that. And three is I don't want to do that. Right. So Justin and I got to a point where we built up our books and we said, you know, we don't want to do the grind of it anymore. Right. So we hired, started hiring producers to do that. And that's not a negative thing. It provided opportunity for them. They're doing well. They're making money. You know, the organization grows. But Justin and I are able to to free up our own time to do things that we want to do. Right. So the the profit could be higher on, on the bottom line. But they have a job for one of those three reasons, and they and they need to learn to understand that. But you're not. Again, I'm the wrong person just because it, it's it's. I don't have an eloquent way of explaining this, but these things are truly. You either have done it and you have learned, or you're on the other side of it and thinking that the other person you're working your ass off, and the owner's just sitting there on a gravy train. And to be very honest, like, you just don't get it unless you've done it. And I I don't know a better way to explain it than that, you know. It's as simple as, hey, asking a producer to understand what account managers daily. Exactly. No, it's a great point. Yes. Great point. Okay, we beat that one. All right, Jordan. This one I'm going to be dropping in your lap. How much access to financial information do you give to your bookkeeper? What can she or he see and what is her authority level within the financial structure okay well we're a little different because we have a linda we do have a linda 
So we have this magical, mystical, mythical... Fairy godmother. Unicorn of a, of a human being who is Arlinda, and she is probably more loyal to our company than either Justin or I are. She is... That's not a false statement. That She is a remarkable human being, smarter than both of us, more hardworking than both of us by like triple. And I'll, I'll say it this way. She came, she worked with my father for many, many, many years and ran his wholesale division in MGA. And you get the point. She's spectacular. She has 50 years in the business. I was trying not to go there with the age. 50 years of experience. And get Okay, so you can do the math on her age. And she's got probably 75 years based on the number of hours she's clocked. <laughs> okay, I was like, okay. But, okay, so take that. Take someone that age. And what if I told you that she could out-computer anyone in the office? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how solid Linda is. So, we understand that Linda... Is 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 something you can't spectacular? Have her. Yeah, she's. We're gonna call her Schminda from now on, yeah. just so you guys don't know. So we have a Linda, and she's a just spectacular human being. She has access to everything. I mean, I I run the payroll just because I do. So she sees it as a lump sum, but she is she has the PNLs, the balance sheets. She's smarter than me. She knows what the hell they mean, right? Like she she gets it all. So she's able to look at. She doesn't know what our salaries are, but you know our salary salaries relative to you know profit are are a, a fraction. So she gets what's going on. Um, she has access to everything. She's pretty much autonomous. And and wait, just for a point of clarity, you asked about a bookkeeper. We told you about our Linda. She is far more. Oh than- gosh, yeah. So, because she's a magical, mythical human being, she does like eight roles, one of which is bookkeeping. That's probably the most, I don't want to say insignificant, but like she does way cooler stuff everywhere else in the organization. And, And I think you have to have a certain level of trust with whomever's there, but trust, but verify. And why don't we tell Linda's story? Okay. Yes. So, this is Linda, and I swear to you people, she is the best thing on the planet. So, this is at our old office, and we had a cleaning crew um, that comes in the office every day. And Linda is in charge. She handles all the... So, we do, like, once a week, Amazon... Well, probably four times a week. Amazon will show up at the door at the office with snacks and drinks and all those kind of things. And so we just we have seven different types of flavored water in our office. We do. We've got a lot of preferences. Uh, if okay, uh, we understand that not everyone could do those kind of things, financial reasons, whatever. Um, if you can do it, we basically tell our staff whatever you want: snacks, drinks, whatever. Just tell Linda, and we'll have it ordered. It doesn't cost them anything. We just take care of it for them. So, Linda, one week she she takes. All of the snacks and all things, and she lays every night. She takes them, pulls them out, sets them up for everyone. In addition to bookkeeper, she's also office manager slash director of operations slash computer guru. You Um, can't have her. Yeah. And so she'll like reline up all the candy bars or healthy bars or whatever they are. And then all the the Perrier's and all the waters and all the things in the fridge. 
she notices that a case of Arrowhead water, a $4 case, $3.99 case. That's weird. There's one of those that is gone. Mind you, we have 24 cases. In right. The They're just sitting there in just a giant pile. And she goes, hmm. She starts going around the office. She starts coming in on my dad, my father, who, <laughs> again, you guys don't know the office, but my dad is like Grandpa Steve around the office, and he is... He's loved by everyone, and he obviously built this thing, right? And Linda worked for him for years and years or worked with him, you know, forever. She starts accusing him, like, Steve, have you have you taken these waters? And he gets put in a corner. Dad starts feeling anxious. He goes, Linda, I never took home any waters, but I'm going to tell you, I took home a, a ream of paper the other night without telling you. It's I think the boys are going to be okay with it, et cetera. Okay. Fast forward a little bit. She's not like, she's like, no, this water is missing. Someone's doing it. She starts seeing candy bars starting getting missing too, because she lines them up evenly every night. Right. So she's like, where are these going? Where are these going? Come to find out cleaning crew. She catches doing it. She reaches out to the cleaning crew company. They do it. The cleaning crew gets, gets fired from the building because their people were stealing from all kinds of units and all of that. And, the really sad part is that sucks because if these people needed food or water, I mean, we would just tell them to take it, but they were going and stealing. All that to say is Linda was so concerned over the $4 or $2 snacks or whatever that, that, like I said, she's more loyal to the company than we are. I don't have to worry about her seeing all these finances. She gets upset every time we try and give her a raise. We get, we gave her a raise this year. We have to do it every few years because it's... I, I can't stand the conflict. It's it, it's rough. Like, she she's she's like, no, I don't deserve it. I you know, And we have to explain to her why she's the best thing since sliced bread, which makes her uncomfortable. I, I say to her, hey, we're giving you a raise. And she goes, no, you need to fire me. That's the conversation that happens. So, Linda, if and when you listen to this episode, we love you. I hope you believe it. You're a spectacular human being. Justin, what do you got? I I think I was jumping in there. I, I just think it, it goes back to, again, trust but verify. Make sure that you're having ongoing discussions. Trust but verify? Uh-huh. Go a little Reagan there, huh? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you always? Reagan, we, when we grew up, we had... <laughs> my parents would put pictures on the fridge. It was Ronald Reagan and George W. They're still up. <laughs> They're still up. <laughs> And there's still ice cream in the the freezer from like 1987. So <laughs> my parents hung on to food until it was like gone. Like, and if you ate it, you know the protective ice coating <laughs> <laughs> when ice cream has been sitting there too long, and there's that ice sheen across the yeah. top of it. That's that's um. But you just have to have this, and then regularly, and by regularly, I mean maybe quarterly, semi-annually, you're going to have somebody inspect the books to make sure that that's happening. Because again, my father, years ago, I keep saying my father, our father. Who ought in heaven. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> but when he bought the business from his dad, so my, my old man bought his, our old man bought the business from uh, his dad when he was dying of cancer. He did so, so that he could 
pay for my grandmother to live. That was the way what he did. But what happened was it turned out the bookkeeper that was working for my grandpa was double paychecking herself. Like out the gate, that was what was happening and all the money was going away. And so you do have to keep a keen eye on it. You do want trust, um, but it's, it. you know, I think they would want you to, to be checking on it, but I do think you need to be open enough because if they are savvy enough, they they can help you by paying attention to certain things and, hey, these are key points of emphasis I want you to give us red flags on, and unless they have a full picture, it's very difficult for them to be helpful. Well, and some, you know, fail-saves. So... I mean, I, I haven't even thought about this until we had this conversation. Linda comes in every day. So we have we have three check signers, Justin, myself, and my dad. Linda's not a check signer. And even though I trust her implicitly, it's just one of those everyone else in life is capable of doing, having hard times, bad days, and trying to take advantage of something. You put a fail-safe in where she doesn't have access. So... Her, her access is she can transfer money in between our trust and our checking account, our operating, right? And if a check is cut or a wire is issued, it has to have one of our three signatures. So, and I always check probably weekly to make sure that we're in trust, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in trust, she can't transfer in or out, all those things. And this is someone that I, like, honestly, like... She, implicit trust there are ways to to not make someone feel like they're untrustworthy and make sure at the same time that you're protecting your own assets you know so uh i don't know if we answered the question we did we answered part one part two what can he or she see and what is her authority level no we answered both of them yeah we did okay all right well we want you one. Send your questions to us, Justin at totalcsr.com. Send your drink suggestions to Jordan at totalcsr.com. And like, subscribe, comment, give us feedback, what you'd like to hear more of. And uh, again, if you know of something that will size me up clothing wise where I don't have to do anything, I can just have the clothing mailed to me. I'd be happy to because then I have a new outfit. They have those services. I don't know. I don't know if they're any good. I mean, you could call Kate, not your daughter. Yeah, but she did my outfits the last time, and uh, it's been a while. And she also tried to get me in skinny jeans, and I can't do that. Skinny jeans. Are mine skinny? Are these? Would you call these skinny? Yes, I would. Yeah? Yeah. For those looking on camera, here they are. Beautiful. I don't think they're skinny. I would say they're like fitted. They're skinny. All right. Thank you all for listening. Have a blessed day. Cheers.